So Becca and I both work from home and uh, we had to homeschool under quarantine during the season. So it was a bit much. I don't know if there are people out there who can relate. It was a very busy uh, stage of life for us. And uh, kind of the most indicative moment of, for all that is when one of us would sit down uh, to start work, right, or answer emails, try to get a project done, uh, and the kids would see us, and that's when the questions would begin. Just, just a lot of questions. It kind of felt like this. So listen, I love my kids. Seriously, I'm watching this with my kids right now. Kids at high, I love you, okay? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't love their questions even, but there, was, there were times where it was a bit much. Now, here's what's weird. When Jesus teaches us about prayer, he says that praying to God is a little bit like that. Now, I'm not saying that God is like an exhausted parent. I'm an exhausted parent. Uh, God's not like that. What, what, what Jesus is saying is when we pray, we are like children going to a good father who loves to be asked. A good father who loves to be asked. When Jesus talks about prayer, this is a foundational piece. We've been in a series uh, on the parables, which, uh, just to remind us all, are, are short stories Jesus used to illustrate uh, who he is, his identity, the kind of kingdom that he's bringing into the world, and how we enter and participate in that kingdom. And these stories are designed to penetrate past our defense mechanisms and to go straight to our, our imaginations and our hearts to see what Jesus is teaching us. This is, this is what the parables are. And today, Jesus, uh, in our service today, Jesus teaches us about prayer through a parable. Now, really, uh, all of Luke chapter 11, which is where this parable is, is about prayer. The whole chapter is framed around how do we pray. And this makes sense because prayer is a critical way we participate in God's kingdom. And so Jesus teaches a lot about prayer. And so rather than just focusing on the parable uh, the, for this service, I, I want to talk a little bit more broadly about prayer as Jesus describes in this whole chapter. So if you have your Bible near you, turn to Luke chapter 11. That's where we're going to be uh, for this service. And Jesus is going to tell us what we need to know about prayer as we participate in his kingdom. And the first thing Jesus will point out, and I've already kind of hinted at it, but the first thing we see here is that when we pray, we, we have a good father. We have a good father. Uh, you see this all over Jesus' teaching about prayer, but really here in Luke chapter 11, you see it most, uh, most specifically in the Lord's Prayer, which comes kind of just before the parable in Luke chapter 11. Uh, Jesus teaches his followers to pray this way. Now, here's what's so unique about Jesus. So, Jesus, unlike Eastern religions, doesn't say we, we meditate and connect with an impersonal force in prayer and meditation. Nor does he say, as the Jewish teachers of his day would have taught, that when we pray, we pray to God Almighty. We pray to the other. We pray to a God who is powerful and we are not, and there's a huge gulf of distance between God and us. Now, when, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he begins the Lord's Prayer with, our Father, Abba, our Father. Jesus was adamant that when we pray in his kingdom, when we follow him in faith and we pray, we are praying to a good Father. Now, here's why that's important. Many of us, I think, approach prayer in, in two ways that contradict what Jesus teaches here. Some of us go to God and we say God is our, is our genie there to grant our wishes. So we go to God and we say, God, give me this. And if he fails to do that, he's just a bad genie. <laughs> Jesus says, nope, that's not the God we pray to. 
Others of us maybe go to God as father, but we, all we can picture is a bad father who isn't listening, who doesn't care. And I know for many of us, depending on your family of origin and all those dynamics, you, you may not have had an earthly father that you felt listened and cared for you. And Jesus is saying, God is nothing like that. God is a good father. And more than that, our, kind of our, the second thing Jesus shows us is that he's a good father who loves to be asked. He loves to be asked by his children. And uh, to illustrate this part, Jesus tells a parable. Now, I'm going to kind of retell it to you a little bit, and then we'll talk about it. So, uh, Jesus basically says, imagine you are at home asleep in bed, and the whole house is asleep. Your spouse, your roommates, kids, pets, okay, whoever's home with you, everyone's, the house is quiet. And in the middle of the night, there's a knock on the door. And for me, I so loathe the sound of someone knocking on a door, it, it gets my heart rate up just thinking about it. And in the middle of the night, Imagine that. It's even weirder. So you hear this knock on the door. You, you shoot out of bed. You run to the door. You look out the window. And you see this is your friend knocking on the door. And now you're like really worried because why would this person be here? And you're, you open the door and you say, is, is there an emergency? Is there a fire? Do I need to go to my basement? Like what's wrong? Why could you possibly be here at this time? And your friend says, no, 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 no. It's, it's totally fine. I had a friend show up in the middle of the night. Here's the problem. I had a friend show up and I'm out of snacks. So can I borrow some bread? (laughs) Now imagine how you would respond to that friend. You would probably roll your eyes. You'd go grab a bag of pita chips or whatever. You'd give them to your friend and you'd say, here you go, don't ever do this to me again. (laughs) And Jesus says, prayer is kind of like that. Now the question is, what does he mean by that? So a lot of people disagree on how to interpret this parable. And it really comes down to, in many ways, Uh, verse 8, which I'm just going to read really quickly here. So when Jesus interprets this, he says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, or some of your translations may say persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Now, uh, translations struggle with that word. Some say persistence, some say impudence, which what does even impudence even mean? I don't know. But anyway, The Greek behind that word is actually shamelessness. Jesus is saying because of his shamelessness, this person will respond to the friend at midnight. And here's the two ways you can look at that. Some people think Jesus means the shamelessness of the sleepy homeowner, that he should have been more hospitable, that the friend has to shame him into providing bread, which at that time, hospitality is a very high value. Others think Jesus means the friend coming at midnight is shameless and should never have done that. Uh, and yet, because of his shameless, the audacity of his asking, the friend finally responds just to get him to go away. Now, you can debate that. My leaning, the way I told the story, is more the second that the friend who shows up at midnight is, is being kind of rude. And I think what Jesus is saying is, how much more will God, who's good, respond to your requests, even your rude requests, frankly? Because I don't know how else to read this story. Jesus is lifting up this, this rude friend at midnight and saying, prayer is kind of like him. And Jesus is hinting, even in our rude asking, seriously, even in our rude asking, is better than not asking God our Father at all. I like how one scholar really summarizes this, this parable. He says, if a human will obviously get up in the middle of the night 
to grant the request, even of a rude friend, will not God much more answer your requests? This is, I think, the big idea of the parable. And so here's a couple principles in how God is our good father. He loves to be asked. And I think this parable teaches us two ways he loves to be asked. He loves to, first is he loves to be asked simply. Simply. Uh, think about this with me. When, when we go to someone we know uh, to ask for something, we usually frame it around a bunch of niceties, right? It's like, hey, buddy, can you do me a favor? Uh, hey, sweetie, can you do this for me? Hey, how much do you love me? Will you, right? We, we, we frame it in a way that will, will win their favor over before we ask. The rude friend in this story doesn't do any of that. He just knocks and says, I need, I need bread. And again, I think Jesus is lifting that up as almost an example to us. So I don't think Jesus is saying for, we need to be rude to God in our asking, but I do think he's saying rude asking is better than not asking at all. So ask simply. And Jesus reinforces this point elsewhere when he teaches about prayer. Uh, he, he tells us not to worry about fancy words and long-windedness with God that God already knows what we need, and we can feel free to simply ask him. And again, kids, you guys get this, right? Like when you go to mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or auntie and uncle, and you ask for something, you just ask. Like, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm sleepy, whatever it is. Now, you don't only ask for stuff, I hope. I hope you have more of a relationship with the adults in your life than just asking. But God is saying, Jesus is teaching, ask me like that. It's okay. I know what you need. You can approach me like a good father. Ask simply. Father, I need daily bread. Father, you know I need this. You know we need this to get, to get by. And I know that you hear me. Amen. Right? Simple. God, we don't have to be fancy in our prayers with God. We can be simple. And the second way he loves to be asked, I think, is expectantly. It's my word here is expectantly. And you really see this in, in verses uh, 9 and 10 here. You see, Jesus says, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. He says, ask expectantly. God wants to give you good things. And, and, and check me on this. Whenever Jesus teaches about prayer in the New Testament, seriously, anytime he teaches about prayer, Jesus says that God is always biased toward his children always biased toward his children. That does not mean he always says yes, but his heart is always for you, always. So growing in our prayer lives, I think means growing in our sense of expectation. So when we pray, it's, it's not like calling, you know, divine customer service and waiting on hold and thinking there's a 50-50 chance I'm ever gonna talk to any person on this call. That's not, Jesus says no. It's like going to a good father. You should expect to be heard and to be understood and to be answered. But you don't go expecting to get the answer you want all the time. And this is, I think, where sometimes we get in trouble with prayer. We will not get the answer we want from our good father all the time. And so really, growing in expectation and prayer with God is both going with a sense that we know will be heard and understood, but also trusting, coming to a place where we know God's answer to our prayer is better than what we wanted in the first place. God's answer is better than what we wanted. That, that's what it means to grow in expectation. 
And that's why knowing God as Father, good Father, is so important to this whole conversation. Because think about this. For the young people in your life, okay, for me, that's mostly my son and my daughter. When they ask me for something, right, when they want a snack at 9 a.m., uh, they may want ice cream. And they've only thought through a few factors. Like, I'm hungry, ice cream tastes good, and I want it. <laughs> so they're going to come and they're going to ask their father if they can have it. Now, as their, as their parent, I'm going to think through 5, 10, 15 other factors that, they, they, that won't even occur to them. I'm going to think through, well, the sugar is going to be bad for them in the morning. That's going to ruin their day. They're not going to recover from this. They don't know or think about any of that. And so my response is going to be probably no, but it's not because I haven't heard and understood them. It's because I see a bigger picture than they do. And this is exactly what we see when we come to God in prayer. We come to trust that he sees more, knows more than we ever could. This is a picture of faith. This is why Jesus says, uh, even imperfect fathers understand this principle, right? We, and we should understand that too. So, when we pray, we pray, to, we have a good father who loves to be asked. And our last point here is we have a father who will give us what we need, who give us what we need. Look at this, uh, verses uh, 11 to 13. Jesus says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil or Im- not imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is really interesting here. Um, Jesus says, God is always going to give you what you need. And we need to grow in trusting that God knows what we need. But he ends here on the Holy Spirit. And I think what Jesus is hinting at here is that the most profound thing we can ask God for is his presence. He says, God will take care of your daily bread. And you should ask him for daily bread. But what he really wants to give you, if you ask him, Jesus says, he will give you his Holy Spirit, his very presence in your life. That is the most audacious thing we can ask God for, and God delights in being asked for his presence. And think about this. This is, again, exactly what it means to be a child and a parent. At my best moments as a parent, even when I'm tired or distracted, when my children come to me and they ask to just spend time with me, like, let's play a game, let's play catch. In my best moments, I know that even if that sounds kind of tiring right now, they're asking me to build a relationship and a friendship with them. And this is what God delights in too. When we go to him and ask, we are inviting him into a relationship with us. We are asking for his presence. And he says, I will give it to you always, every time. He always hears our prayers like this. He loves to be asked and he wants to be in your life. This is like the climax of Jesus' teaching here. Ask for the Spirit, he'll give it to you. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I go to God in prayer, I, I feel too many times I go asking for daily bread and not asking for presence and power. And that's okay. God wants to meet our daily needs. He taught that in the Lord's Prayer. But what he really delights in what he, what he says, I will always say yes to this, is when we go to him and say, God, I need, I, need your, I need your presence with me. I know you're with me. Help me sense it. Help me experience it. I need your power. I cannot do this in my own power. 
I need your Holy Spirit to empower me. He delights to be asked that. Nothing delights him more. That's Jesus' point. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to practice this kind of prayer together right now. So put your notes down, put your stuff down. Kids, look up here, okay? I'm right here. We're going to pray this together. So bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and hear this prayer. Let's pray this together. Father, we love you. Thank you for providing for us in all the ways we can see and in all the ways we cannot see. Please, Father, be with us today. Help us to sense your presence, to know we are not alone. Give us your power to do today what you want us to do. We love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for thousands of years, one of the key practices to celebrate and remember Jesus' presence and promise of presence with us is to, is to take the Lord's Supper together. And so in just a minute, we're going to uh, put up a slide with a couple of instructions. Uh, if you'd like to participate in this with us, if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to take the Lord's Supper in your home together. So gather the elements uh, in a room together uh, and let's prepare our hearts to, to remember and celebrate again Jesus' promise of presence with us forever.